This is BTV, Business Television. Discover companies to invest in. This week, Jessica heads up to the thriving mining community in Canada's Yukon. Hello, I'm Taylor Tone. And I'm Jessica Kastrachak. Welcome to BTV Business Television. On this episode, we feature a wide range of mining companies in the Yukon, which you saw firsthand. I did. I had a whirlwind tour in helicopters and small planes. The scenery was absolutely stunning, and I met a lot of great people affiliated with the Yukon Mining Alliance. Including the Yukon Premier. That's right. And here's what he had to say about the important role of the YMA. Whether it's our partnership with federal governments or municipal governments or First Nations governments, uh, it's extremely important uh, that we are uh, positive in our communications. We just re-signed another three-year commitment with the Yukon Mining Alliance. We go out hand in glove into the international community to drum up support uh, and business uh, for an already thriving local economy. You also had the opportunity to meet with Chief Roberta Joseph. It was such an honor and she offered this perspective on working with members of the YMA. A good partnership requires good engagement, and that's important to us today. We have a fiduciary responsibility to Tronigwichin citizens, so we strongly feel that we need to be fully engaged, and companies need to be fully engaged with us. Almost 20 years ago, a gold mine in the Yukon was closed, temporarily. The price of gold had collapsed to less than $300 an ounce. But this year, the price of gold has moved past $1,500 US dollars an ounce. So is this the right time to reopen the Brewery Creek gold mine? Golden Predator thinks it is. They're ready to pick up where the previous owners left off. They left about 150,000 ounces and Golden Predator picked it up in 2009, drilled about $30 million worth of drilling in three years, expanded to about 850,000 oxide ounces. And we've continued to drill past that, but the PEA is at that rate. And we see a lot more upside in exploration as well as advancing the project back into production. But just how ready is the mine to go back into production? The Burry Creek mine is fully licensed. It has a quartz mining license. It has a water license. There was a letter from the government and from the Tronvik-Wichen confirming the validity of the licenses. We recently completed a private placement for about $8.5 million. That is going predominantly to drilling uh, Brewery Creek so we can upgrade and expand the resource. The certainty and the clarity that the financial community needs in order to finance it is there. Golden Predator is also developing another project in the Yukon, Three Aces. The Three Aces is a high-grade orogenic gold project. It has outcrops that go above 3,000 grams per ton at surface. The Three Aces project is really like a series of pearls on a pearl necklace. It's our job to find those pods of high-grade ore. We'll continue to drill there. Bulk sampling from Three Aces is done at the company's nearby test processing plant, a first for the Yukon. We saw the opportunity to capture that information and build our technical knowledge, as well as creating the spin-off benefits for the community. So building it has I think shown the opportunity for a more fulsome, wholesome mining industry. And the more money we retain here, the stronger we all get. 
We includes the First Nations communities. When we wanted to restart the Bury Creek Gold Mine, the first place we went was to the Trondekwichan. And it was important that we understand that we both share the same vision for the project. Our belief is that you have to bring the community along with you and wealth has to stay locally. And I think what excites me most about what we have here, it is a humbling opportunity to be able to return that back to our shareholders in the community. It's a very satisfying feeling. With the approval of both the Yukon government and the First Nations in hand, as well as all required permits, Golden Predator expects to begin reconstruction of the Brewery Creek Gold Mine in 2020. Coming up next, a zinc discovery that could lead to a big league mining operation. One of the probably 15 to 20 largest uh, zinc producing mines in the world. We'll be right back. You're watching BTV. Fiery Zinc has an ambitious goal, advancing a district scale project. To succeed, they'll need a lot of zinc and the right people. The company's CEO comes from Ross River, the closest town to the project, and he believes that really gives him a hometown advantage. Yukon is a big area, but it's still a small community, and having those personal ties within the community, the First Nations, and the government makes a big difference in your ability to get things done. The discovery of mineralization in the area goes back as far as 1951. Firewee Zinc's McMillan Pass project is the consolidation of numerous claims. Over the years, nearly $100 million worth of exploration and development has taken place. McMillan Pass is host to already an established resource that is world-class for zinc lead deposits. And it is also a 540 square kilometer uh, project that has tremendous blue sky potential for exploration. The company has completed both a resource report and a preliminary economic assessment based on the exploration of two large deposits named Tom and Jason. We've grown the resource significantly since we took on uh, the property in 2017. We're now up to 39 million tons of inferred and 11 million tons of indicated resource. So just how big a project is Fireweed Zinc dealing with? When McMillan Pass is in production, uh, it would be very big. So we'd ship probably around 250,000 tons of concentrate a year between zinc and lead. Uh, and that would make it one of the probably 15 to 20 largest uh, zinc producing mines in the world. But that projection is only based on what's currently known about the Tom and Jason deposits. The unexplored areas of the property could expand the resource considerably. No one's done any systematic exploration in this area since the 1990s. So it's a real opportunity to apply modern concepts to old ideas of some of the largest zinc properties in the world. There are three other known zones of mineralization right now. Each of these three zones is, is different, but each represents a, a possibility for a game-changing resource. That game-changing possibility has not gone unnoticed. We were very happy in early 2019 to welcome Tech as a major investor in the company. Uh, they currently own 9.9% of Fireweed Zinc. An equally significant vote of confidence is having John Robbins chairing your board. He was the founder and chairman of Kamenak Gold. They discovered 5 million ounces of gold and Goldcore bought the company in 2016 for 520 million. His vision for fireweed is clear. 
unlocking value that other people didn't see. And I see uh, Fireweed Zinc as a perfect opportunity for that. It's got world-class exploration potential. It's underpinned by one of the world's largest undeveloped zinc deposits in a pro-mining jurisdiction. The Yukon is awesome, I love it here. If you're a big believer in the infrastructure booms in Asia and refresh in, in the US and, and the rest of the Western world, uh, then you're a big believer in zinc. As exploration continues, Fireweed believes results will show investors the enormous potential of zinc in the Yukon. Mining, just like real estate, is about location, location, location. Banyan Gold is a Yukon-focused gold exploration company. We're very well situated in the Yukon with two projects that have great infrastructure and more importantly, great geology with the potential to host multi-million ounces. Our Oryx McQuestion project is located in an emerging mining camp where Victoria Gold is soon to be in production. We're also immediate neighbors of Alexco, which is a huge silver camp and uh, soon to be silver producer. It's an exciting area of the Yukon to be because we will be getting lots of attention when Victoria Gold comes online. Another really important infrastructure attribute of the Oryx McQuestion project is the existing power line. This gives our property a huge advantage from a capital cost perspective. We've really advanced our Oryx McQuestion property. We had a wealth of historic drilling data, trenching data. That's given us a huge advantage. We are going to be able to advance that property to a resource very quickly and we have a clear pathway to do that. Our Highland project is located near Watson Lake and we have an existing resource on that property of over 236,000 ounces of indicated at 0.85 and 288,000 of inferred. That resource is located in a small fraction of the property and we have over 186 square kilometres and we believe we have 18 kilometres of structural trend. Banyan Gold is very leveraged to the price of gold with two very strong gold properties and being in the middle of an emerging mining camp, Banyan is very well situated. After the break, what happens when you use technology to speed up and drastically reduce the cost of exploration? We're literally 30 cents in the dollar compared to 2011. We'll be right back. You're watching BTV. When you take a look at it from, from all angles and from all aspects, uh, whether it's First Nations relations or alliances with the mining industry and government, a connection from the junior companies to an international world of, of major corporations, Yukon is poised as one of the premier destinations for mining in the world. Even in the legendary Yukon Gold District, White Gold Corp stands out, thanks to Chief Technical Advisor Sean Ryan. For this modern prospector, multiple exploration and cutting-edge technology are the key to partnering with the majors. White Gold Corp was designed to basically evaluate the Dawson White Gold District. It's a big area south of Dawson. And so the idea is now is to build reserves and still work the back 40, as I call it. There's a lot of projects. We own over a million acres of ground here. Ryan has been called the world's greatest gold prospector for good reason. His prolific discoveries have sold for hundreds of millions, including the coffee deposit, which was sold for over $520 million to Gold Corp. Discoveries like these are what caught the attention of White Gold's major partners, Kinross and Agnico Eagle. White Gold's, it's really, it's a different company than most juniors. 
because it has 25 different projects. We own 40% of this district in, in south of Dawson. The heart of White Gold's exploration strategy is this. Don't fall in love with one deposit or zone. Key finds have been made with Ryan's unique Drones to Drills program, which combine multiple technologies such as drones, LIDAR, IP resistivity, and other cost-effective techniques. Drones to Drills was really a technology driven by uh, how could we drop the exploration cost a lot lower. So what we ended up doing was in 2011 when the market crashed, we went back to the drawing board and we came up with these new high-tech tools that came out and we're literally 30 cents on a dollar compared to 2011. White Gold's strategic plan for the near future is consistent with its systematic approach. White Gold this year in 2019, what we're going to do is we have a drilling campaign on the white property itself, and that's 5,000 meters. And then we have two drills drilling for a 10,000 meter program on the Vertigo. And the idea was that's the follow-up on last year's hot discoveries. White Gold is focused on further growing its portfolio of gold resources to eventually bend assets to the majors and continue their regional exploration. Between the arc and the gold cell, we're up to about a million and a half. So we're going to drill some more holes in fill. On the other side, we're drilling. We've got two diamond drills drilling on the vertigo. With more impressive finds projected, White Gold is in the Yukon for the long haul. We have no one-trick pony. We have many cards to play. And it's kind of with the majors backing us up, it's a long-term player. And I think White Gold is going to be here for the next 25 years because we own such great projects. And so the idea is to evaluate them all and kind of play the probability game here. With high-grade mineralization at Golden Saddle recently extended and a growing pipeline of high-value targets, White Gold continues to differentiate itself in the gold exploration space. The Metallic Group is a collaboration of three separate exploration companies, Metallic Minerals, Granite Creek Copper and Group 10 Metals. Each is seeking to unlock the value of underexplored areas of the Yukon. And while exploration never comes with any guarantees, the CEO of Metallic Minerals has a rather compelling track record. I'm an exploration geologist by training. Uh, started out my career early with uh, Placer Dome and now Barrick Gold. Uh, was one of the original co-founders at Nova Gold, myself and a handful of geologists that grew that company from a small uh, $10 million market cap to a $2 billion company. Driving the growth of each of the metallic group of companies is a common strategy. Our focus has been taking advantage of this bear market to acquire district scale land positions in districts that already have either past or current high grade production. High-grade production is exactly what Alexco Resources will soon have underway in the Keno Hills Silver District. Their property hosts over 84 million ounces of high-grade silver, and Metallic Minerals is Alexco's neighbor. We've got 166 square kilometers of highly perspective ground. Same geology as those producing mines, but in areas that have been much less explored. Over the last two years, we've actually had three targets that we've taken to a drilling stage. 
Historically, we've all been looking for the source of the rich Keno Hill deposits, and these large systems we've defined may indicate we're on the right track. Granite Creek Copper is confident they're also on the right track. Their 100% owned Stew Copper Gold project is adjacent to two other copper projects. So it's not surprising that they've recently identified four multi-kilometer exploration targets. Though, not by drilling into the ground, but by drilling into a rich source of data. Once we acquired the project at the Stew, we also acquired a large database that had been private. Being able to access that large database means that we're having very cost-effective exploration and able to get a high-quality drill target. Group 10 Metals is best known for its flagship Stillwater West project in Montana, but it also has several properties in the Kluwani region of the Yukon. Though the deposits of platinum group metals in that area are mostly undeveloped, Group 10 understands why they're in it for the long haul. It's the potential of these projects and the timing in the market. Uh, we very carefully put these land positions together through the bear market conditions. Here we are in 2019 as markets turn and it's exciting and I look forward to the results to follow as we build resources here and expand the projects. We think that there's a tremendous history uh, that backs up why people are exploring in the Yukon and that it has a great future ahead of it. And if history repeats itself, Metallic Group's three exploration companies could play an important and profitable role in that future. Coming up next, what really happens when you start pouring gold? Well, it's simple. This little company will be cash flowing over a hundred million U.S. dollars per year. We'll be right back. You're watching BTV. We've had a, a very rich uh, mining history uh, for well over 100 years, and in those years we've seen a lot of advancements in technology, a lot of advancements in infrastructure. We have over 5,000 kilometers of roads in the Yukon. We have access to uh, three deep water ports. We know how to discover, how to develop, and how to produce active mines in the Yukon. In the gold mining business, it doesn't get more exciting than the first pour. And as we go to air, Victoria Gold is about to achieve that milestone in a matter of days. And perhaps the most excited of all is the company's president and CEO. I've been at this for more than 10 years now with Victoria Gold. Seen the project through exploration, permitting, engineering, feasibility study and importantly financing because that was no small feat. So it'll be a very satisfying moment for me personally when we pour the first gold. The first pour is much more than symbolic. For years, investment has been pouring into the project. Now, the cash is about to flow in the opposite direction. John McConnell does the math. Victoria Gold's Eagle Gold Mine will produce 200,000 ounces of gold per year at an all-in sustaining cost of less than $750 per ounce. We use $1,250 gold as our base case, so that's $500 US dollars per ounce of margin. Times 200,000 ounces of gold per year, this little company will be cash flowing over $100 million US dollars per year. So Anne, this is the uh, furnace for melting the gold. Liquid gold will run from 
one bar to the other to the other to the other. While it's easy to focus on the benefits of future revenue, the development of the Eagle Gold Mine has long been an important economic driver in the Yukon. Well over 200 million of contracts went to Yukon companies during construction. Over 50% of the 230 full-time employees are Yukoners, and many are First Nations. The Nacho Nayak Dun have been our partners for the last five or six years. About 25 are full-time employees, and a number of uh, NND businesses have joint ventures during the operations phase. Victoria Gold has played a leadership role in the Yukon mining community. Victoria Gold is one of the founding members of the Yukon Mining Alliance. Because the company has been active in the Yukon for so long, mining analysts are very familiar with the Eagle Gold Mine. We see the project as being relevant, i.e., uh, you know, plus 200,000 ounce a year producer, potential to be a low uh, operating cost mine as well. And those are rarities in this market at the moment. So what we need from the company is to be successful in obviously what they're doing. And we do believe that the company stands a good chance on delivering on those expectations. The next step is to get the mine up and running efficiently and safely. We've got lots of work ahead of us to reach commercial production, which we plan to achieve uh, the second quarter of 2020. Current mine life, based on the reserve, is just under 11 years. But if we convert resource to reserve, there's potentially another 10 to 15 years of mine life on top of that. As it turns out, the success of the Eagle Gold Mine isn't the only reason John McConnell is in the Yukon for the long haul. Working in the Yukon has been a pleasure. And for me personally, the Yukon has been great to me. I met my wife here. We're raising our daughter here. Have the benefit of uh, having a home in Whitehorse and a home in Mayo near the project. So uh, the Yukon's been great. As Victoria Gold transitions from developer to producer and they start shipping gold out of the Yukon, keep an eye on their share price. Before we wrap up, Chris Thompson left me with this optimistic comment when I spoke with him in Dawson City, home of the Klondike Gold Rush. I believe we're on the cusp at the moment of something really, really exciting in the Yukon as, uh, as we see uh, a lot of the exploration and, and development opportunities uh, flourish and, and progress towards maybe uh, uh, production. I can't wait to follow up with all the amazing Yukon companies we featured. All made possible by the support of the Yukon Mining Alliance and the Yukon government. Thanks for joining us today. For BTV, I'm Jessica Katrachak. And I'm Taylor Tone. You can watch other episodes online at b-tv.com. And until next time, may your portfolio prosper.